Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. It's a great day to be with you, Mother. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We're we're so excited to be back, back again. Admittedly, we both have been on vacation for a couple of weeks, so it feels like it's been a while since I've sat across the table from you with a mic. I know it makes it even more special now that we're back. And we're back. Yeah. Very, very excited. How's it going being you today? It's going great. I was <laughs> going to ask the, the <laughs> listeners how it's, how their, how their summer and or winter is going. How's it, how's it going being inclusive, clean, you? queen seasons for all. Yeah. How's it going? Um, cause it still feels very, <clears throat> I don't know, you know, I, um, I lived my life for the past 38 years with that um, Scott Peck quote, life is difficult. Um, and I think that was probably one of the first episodes I think we recorded. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of been in my mind a lot lately because it feels like things are hard. And it I does. feel like people's energies are absorbed in that and feeling that way too. So I love this podcast and I love doing this work with you because it's our little way of trying to help ease some of the pain or the suffering or the difficulties with our experiences and some of our insights. It's like life is a very intricate and diff and unique spider web and we try to untangle the web yeah. together. Yeah. What a visual. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good visual. So, um, like I said, we've been away. We were on I took my first vacation in like years and was actually away out of the country and really did not check in on emails or anything. Usually if I go away, you know, I'm always on, but I tried really hard to be off um, these past couple weeks, which was really, really nice to unplug and disconnect. But also what I found to be so helpful in actually taking time off to be off was the space to kind of reflect on on life and on what's happening for my life and the world and just, you know, take some time to clear, clear my head, clear the space and just see what was coming up for me and reflect on it really because, you know, life is busy. There's always, we're always juggling a bunch of things at once and it's in that hectic bustle of juggling that sometimes it's easy to just bypass stuff that's going up going on for us and so in the slower paced stillness of unplugging and vacation I was reflecting a lot and and something came up for me um that I thought would be good to chat about in the podcast I love it so I was off but I was working because I came back with lots of ideas of of episodes so no days off, really. Well, I think, you know, what's so cool about what you're saying is that when we can slow down enough and be present and allow ourselves to disconnect so that we can reconnect and recharge and rest and and become more present, um, we become more aware. We're always talking about really the, one of the main uh, things in life. We should just change the, the title of this podcast to it's The Awareness way. Podcast. Yeah, just to become more aware and to start to notice so in that silence or in that space that we talk about on episodes quite frequently, you can become more aware and more present to what's what's happening for our lives and 
what's happening for your life and, and then know what kind of actions um, or changes that you might want to make. Uh-huh. Totally. <laughs> so I used the word change there, so I thought that would be a good segue. Ah, she's <laughs> plugging it. She's leaving the breadcrumbs. Good segue for this episode. So I love it. Um, so what came up for me, and this is a very... Like when I started talking to you about about that, I wanted to talk about this. You kind of looked at me. You're like, okay, like what? How? What's the whole message? Because there's it's layered, and it might be even like a tough pill to swallow at first. What we're going to talk about, but I think we have some really good insights on it. So I think it'll be really and we'll really open helpful. up a good conversation. So yeah. as always, please feel free to um, contact us about what you think. So what was coming up for me, not to dangle the carrot for any longer, is the idea of how how deeply ingrained in us it is to always want to be changing people. Most, I mean, most often the people in our lives, but just people in general. Um, and how much time and effort and energy that takes of our lives, the idea of looking at someone, not liking where they are, so to speak, having, you know, a judgment about where they are or how they're living their lives and then putting forth effort and energy to strategizing or contemplating how you can better someone else really without their consent and without the conversation and the communication, because we think that we're doing them some sort of service or favor. And this is why I kind of prefaced all of this with that it's layered because we tend to believe that in loving relationships, you know, we're helping them by making them better. But I think there's a lot, there's a lot of nuance packed into that. And I kind of just wanted to have a conversation with you about why I think and I think you agree with me, why we think that it's beneficial for our own, my own, your own, our own individual mental health, energy, wellness, personal development to try and break that habit and that cycle of always trying to be the fixer and the changer of somebody else for a lot of different reasons, which we'll talk but right. in this episode. But I'm just really interested in having that conversation because it's it's interesting to me. And again, I this came to me while I was away thinking about relationships in my own life and how much mental anguish and heartache and difficulty I've experienced in relationships. And so much of it stemmed from, and especially, well, romantic relationships for sure, but friendships, family, of me not being being able to accept whatever person I'm in a relationship with as they are, where they are in the present moment and idealizing them to a, okay, well, one day they'll get to be, they'll evolve to this place. They'll be this certain way. They'll be how I want them to be. And when they get to that space, the relationship will be exactly how I want it. And it'll be healthy and meaningful and everything that I could have hoped for. But in the present moment, it's not there. So we're having, we're entering into relationships with these idealized versions of people rather than um, 
settling into and accepting where people are in the present, which as we've talked about in this podcast, the present moment is really the only place where we are able to act from, live from, and fully um, be in. And so it's just an interesting um, way of life to think that we're always trying to live in the future of different states of beings for other people rather than coming into a level of acceptance and connection with ourselves to see what will work and what won't work for us right in now. relationships right now. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. It just, and I think it's, uh, I just, it just came out. No, it's good. Um, because I do think it's really important. Um, so I think my take on this and the things that you've said and the things that I feel about that idea of changing people is I want everyone to take a deep breath <laughs> Um, and relax for a moment because the desire that we have as human beings to change other people is natural. Right. There is nothing wrong with you. Um, it's not like you're doing this and other people aren't. It is a natural thing for us to want to change other people as well as try to change ourselves. So I just want people to get that. Of feeling. course, because this came up because I do it and <clears throat> we you all do, do it. it. And I just so want to say there's it's no not, judgment. No, 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 no. And I, and I think. You know, it's, it's a natural thing. So I think sometimes we beat ourselves up a lot about that. You know, why can't I just be accepting or why can't it just be okay for me or, um, or that? So I just wanted to put that out there first. And so that desire that we have as human beings to change other people um, can become very toxic. And I know that's a really buzz, that's a big buzzword in, in life today, but tox, toxic for me means um, dysfunctional, really, and that it doesn't work for me and that it really affects mm-hmm. my ability to live the life um, in any more free or um, uh, considerate way. And it becomes incredibly stressful when we, are, when we are trying to, it's what you just said, actually, Michelle, when we're trying to live in the future and, okay, if this happens, then I'll be happy. If this happens, then life will finally fall in place and everything will be okay. So we're, we're constantly feeling that pressure and that stress of making it all okay. Now, how do I figure out how to fix people, how to fix myself, how to fix life, how to fix the world so that one day I can be happy or so that one day I can be successful? I just want to finish this one part of this. And I think what came up for me when you were speaking in this whole idea is Um, I think we've used this maybe in one of the other episodes, but think about that Eckhart Tolle quote when he says, accept the present moment as if you had chosen it. And so you could actually kind of think about that as well. Accept a person that you're in a relationship with or a friendship or whatever it is as if you had chosen it, meaning, okay, I've chosen this, so now what do I do with it? Instead of walking into it saying, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. I need to tweak this a little bit, and I'm not quite where I want to be, so I need to try to fix them a little bit too. Instead of walking in like that, just say, okay, I chose this, so now what do I do with it, and what can I do with that is within my control or in my ability? Yeah, and I think jumping off of that, we're living for these hypothetical improved behaviors from other people that are in the pu- in the future, where, like you said, the present moment is where where we have our power. And so and we have to let go of the idea that we can try to change other people. Especially of course, when we, and it's not our jobs. No. and especially It's not our jobs to better people or to, to impose any sort of personal development on somebody else. Well, and especially if we don't even know if they're willing to change. I mean, I exactly. think that's the premise. Like, how do we, 
um, another person's, let's just, just put it this way, another person's dysfunction is really not about love or lack of love or anything like that. It, it could be about a whole host of things, their own traumas, their own addictions, their own, their own wounds, um, a whole host of other factors. So we can't, we we're always saying, well, if they love me more, maybe they would do this for me mm-hmm. or they would accept this or they Which would is change manipulative. or they would change their behavior. So you can't, I, I believe strongly that you can't love someone out of their issues or out of their problems or out of their th- beliefs or out of their thoughts. And in trying to do so is a sure fired recipe for disappointment, um, stress and, and feeling, um, I, I guess actually feeling less about yourself and less about your life. Definitely. And it goes back to, and we've talked about this in other episodes, the, the belief that we have, you know, that we're all living incredibly unique personal lives with, with personal timelines, with um, unique circumstances, with unique players, with unique challenges. And so it's really not beneficial, but a waste of time and energy to try and get someone to be living on your timeline as far as lessons learned or personal development or ideals or morals or anything, because all of our lives are so unique. And I think rather than trying to spend so much time changing people or molding people or pushing people into little, you know, boxes that we think that they should be in, starting to come back to that connection that you have with yourself of knowing who you are and what you want. Again, past episodes that we've talked about these things and noticing the people around you who are already more or less aligned with that and knowing what you will and you won't tolerate and not trying to, you know, pick people and pull people in because you think that they have some sort of potential because everyone's different. Absolutely. So really what we're saying is just to really start embodying your own um, sense of what's happening for you in every moment, which is we've talked about another episode. So start starting to become aware. And if you catch yourself saying, oh, shoot, I just really don't agree with a lot of the things that this person is saying, but I kind of like them. Um, but I think their ideas are off. Oh, that's okay. I like them enough that that maybe I can get them to see my side. And just just noticing the things that the mind is saying to you when maybe the maybe the um, the actual connection has has a lot of differences to start with. And it's really important to kind of look at that and see where you're starting off when you're, especially when you're just beginning a relationship, um, because it's 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 hard enough to try to change ourselves and to try to grow and to learn and become the best version of who we are. But we really can't ever, ever, ever try to change someone else. Um, and, it, and it doesn't mean that your love or your care or your compassion or your commitment to them um, uh, is, is going to be enough. Like just because they're not changing that doesn't mean that you're not enough. Um, it means that they don't want to. <laughs> you know, and that idea that, I mean, there are many times when someone has asked me to change my thought process. And certainly I might have sat... I've sat down with them maybe and had a whole conversation about it. But at the end of the day, there have been oftentimes, and I'm sure probably many of you can agree with this, where you've been in situations where, you know what, we just need to agree to disagree and it's okay. Yeah. And so I think 
with as much stress and fear and anxiety that's happening around us in life and in the world today, I believe why this came up for you, Michelle, while you were on vacation is because there is so much um, energy out there and so much desire, I think, with people not happy with what is and the desire to change other people or change the circumstances is really up for a lot of people. And it's just like a hamster on a wheel. You always talk about that metaphor. <laughs> it's not really going to ever get you anywhere. So I think the first thing is to start really noticing. And I was, I don't know why this came up for me. We have to just start minding our own business. <laughs> I mean, it really is true. Like, are you minding your own business? So I ask myself this a lot. Am I minding my own business or am I trying to get someone else to acquiesce or trying to control someone else in a relationship? And totally. am I not really having enough, um, really it's actually having enough faith in what it is that I want or what it is that I believe and what it is that I feel and trying to sort out my own self and trying to sort out where I need to go. Totally. Um, and the thing is you can't force someone to care about something. You can't force someone to have the same values as you. And I think so often we think that we can influence people to cultivate those values or those beliefs because, like you said, they'll love you enough to change. But I think inherently we are who we are. And personally, individually, we can, if we have that own inner awareness and connection with self, we can say, oh, I don't. I don't like this about me. I, I want to, I don't want to be this way or I don't want to have so much judgment or I want to, whatever it is. You can start to go on that development road or communicate with people in your lives about things that you want to change if you're open to that. But inherently, I guess it comes down to, I don't think people will just change because of life. And so that's why I kind of started off this conversation with saying that I think it's, kind of a waste of our time and our energy to spend so much time trying to strategize how to change someone because, you know, and this came up in my reflection on vacation of thinking of, you know, a past boyfriend I had, and this is a very surface level example, but like, you know, he did not really care about, um, holidays and gifts and, um, and, and doing fun things to celebrate. And, and I love holidays. I love getting gifts, receiving gifts, giving gifts. I love celebrating things. And so, again, surface level example, but I would have all these expectations of doing things for holidays, you know, celebrating, getting gifts, giving gifts, all of the things. And I was consistently disappointed because this person did not hold those values of doing that. And it didn't even really necessarily even cross their mind to put in the effort and I could communicate to this person. I really want to do this for this holiday. I, I really would love this gift, whatever. But if, if that's not something that they're willing to try to adopt or bring into their consciousness as who they are and how to show that they care about you, it's like trying to put a square peg into a round hole. And so Ultimately, obviously, I say this in the past tense because that relationship didn't work out. But I learned just from that small example that, like, I can't force someone to care about those things. 
And I think the important part about your story on this relationship for people to hear is that you spent a lot of time and energy and effort trying to change it. Right. And, and so it's it, I just it's interesting when we think about um, uh, then actually when this happens in a relationship, it, it's up to you then to make the decision. Is this okay with me? Can I change this um, this quality of myself or this value that I have that I love getting gifts and giving gifts and receiving gifts and celebrating holidays. And I just love the energy of all that. Is that something that I could possibly change within myself because I care so much about this other person or not? Or is it a deal breaker? Or is it something that, wow, I don't know if I want to go the rest of my life, if I'm going to, if I'm going to make a commitment to this person. So I think it's really, really important because I love your example. I don't necessarily think it is a surface level example, Michelle. I think it's a really important one because I think we all have these situations in our lives. All of us have these situations where there's something that really means something to us and the other person it isn't even on their radar that it would mean something to them possibly, or they just don't care or they don't want to. So we actually have to be the one, the, be, the, be the boss of our own lives, to be the one that's aware and actually do the hard work of saying, can I be okay with this? Right. And I think it's huge. I think it's everything that we're talking about in this episode, because I think we can never forget that people will always do what they want to do, <laughs> what they feel driven to do, what matters to them. People will always do that. So- no matter how, you know, uh, no matter how much we scream or yell or beg or plead or cry, um, totally, it's not going to change the other person um, unless they really want to change. And so I think that is really important. So I love your example because it's a very, it's a very seemingly simple one, but it's a very profound one. So everyone listening, if you can just digest that, if there's something that matters so much to you. And whoever the people are in your life that you spend a lot of time with or who you're committed to, you know, if, 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 they, if, it, if they seem to not care, or it doesn't really matter to them. And it doesn't mean they don't love you or it doesn't no. mean they don't care about you. It just means that this is not important Compa to them. It's not even on their radar. So, And you might not be compatible. In that regard or whatever in that respect. So I think it's a really good example. Well, and of, of course, that's a small piece of the relationship puzzle, that one example. And there were certainly very many other mismatches and beliefs. And I think the thing that just really came through so clear to me in thinking about this is, like I said, having that connection with yourself to knowing who you are and what you want and what you value. Like in this instance with like celebrating things, I, I love to celebrate this person didn't. Um, you know, maybe you have differences in religion. Like there's just so many there's things that separate things. us. So it's like knowing what you value, being able to communicate with the people. Like, look, this is really important to me. And I notice that, you know, you don't, it doesn't seem to be important to you. Can we talk about it? Because maybe there's something I'm not understanding. You know, I, I really feel like if we as a society and we can do lots of other episodes going into communication in general, but if we were able to communicate more freely and more openly without embodying and internalizing things and just speaking to people that we're in relationship with so much would be, you know, easier to process and digest. But in this instance, being able to communicate it and then, you know, you knowing within yourself, all right, I've said my needs, I've said my piece 
this person is this way, I'm this way, and you know what you will or won't tolerate. So you know, you know, maybe it's not that big of a deal to you, and that's something that you can just say, all right, well, compromise and do compromise, or maybe it is, but that's you know the work that you can do on your side of the street rather than like going into you know passive aggressive behaviors of like trying to force someone to you know buy you the nicest Valentine's Day gift or you know or see the error of their ways you know leaving like subtle said. hints of like yeah. you know all the things and then being disappointed and just having that cycle perpetuate over and over and over again um I just think it it brings so much of the power back into our court. You know, there's so much of life that's out of our control and relationships are really, really tricky. And, you know, there's so many levels and dynamics in relationships, but I, I really find a lot of empowerment and, and helpful helpfulness when I can start to really remember the things that I can control. And this is an interesting piece that's kind of come up for me. We're noticing that, I can't control people. I can't control how they are, how they believe, how they act. I don't know what is happening for anyone else at any given moment in time, but I know what I can, what I can do in my own court on my side of the street. I know. And I think it's, I think the underlying theme comes back to what we started with is just stop trying to change people. Stop having that, even that first thought that, well, maybe they will change. Stop trying to change people. And then the next step is make a realistic decision about where they actually fit in your life based on who they are and not on who you wish they would be. I think it would, I think it would, I honestly think it would reduce the stress in our lives like by half at least, because I think we do this. I think we do this a lot of times unconsciously. I don't, I don't think we're aware. So I'm hoping this episode that we can start to help you start to become a little bit aware because see, here's the thing Um, for me, being free is being able to accept what is, with people, with light, whatever, being accept what is. But if we're talking about people accepting who they are, understanding who they are, um, and not trying to, I guess the idea of accepting people maybe, let me back up for a second, maybe accepting people for who they are without needing to necessarily understand it. Because most of the time we can't understand it. And I know I usually use that. Well, if I can understand it, then I can accept it. No. I think in this situation, if we can start accepting people for who they are without without necessarily needing to understand, but also without abandoning ourselves and trying to be what they are. Mm. It's a really amazing, profound way to live life. And I think for me, a lot of it stems from, you know, what was one of the major things that I taught you when you were younger? Don't be a victim. Yeah. Mm. I think I said that to you probably every don't day of your life. Don't be a victim. Don't You know, don't make yourself a victim. And so for me, I have a thing about complaining. I'm truly not much of a complainer. Um, well, and you, whenever I used to say things like life isn't fair, that's not fair. You were like, you hated when I said that. Well, cause I would just say, you know, like, no, and, and is life supposed <laughs> to be fair? I mean, life isn't fair for everyone in certain categories, especially those that are compromised or underserved and all of that. So, but the idea of complaining, so I just wanted to kind of bring that up for a second to see how people feel about that. Um, cause for me, when we complain, it's always, always, we're always saying we're not okay with what is. Mm-hmm. We're not okay with what is. We're not accepting what is. And and what does that do then? If I When I think about if I start complaining about something, what does that immediately do when you start to complain? You get into a negative state of mind. You get into a either angry or frustrated or irritable, some kind of a negative connotation and state of mind. 
And so I always believe that when you complain, you make yourself a victim. It means I'm going to complain and complain and complain. And it, I'm like, I feel like the complaining takes my power away. So when you speak up, when you actually, instead of complaining, say, okay, Barb, you're not accepting what's in this moment, what's happening for you, or you're complaining about this not being fair. Okay, what is it that you really want here? What is it that you really need to say here? And I think that's the foundation of all of my activism work, for sure. That idea, what, where do I need to speak, speak up and speak out? So when you speak up, you're in your power. And so I'm not trying to necessarily change people or change things. I'm trying to see what is, what is the negative charge and what am I complaining about and actually what do I need to do about it. So we're actually having an impact on this situation by taking an action and speaking up. If we can, if that's necessary. Sometimes it's not necessary and sometimes it's not even possible. Um, so we have to leave. You know, we have yeah. to leave it or accept it. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's all, those are all the answers, but those are the things that go around in my head. Like if I can't accept it and I can speak up about it, but I can't expect other people to change, then I have to change myself. I have to figure out a way, can I accept it by changing myself? And if I can't, am I going to live in the frustration or the quote, to use one of Eckhart Tolle's words that he uses, the madness of the frustration of it not being okay. So um, I think it's an interesting way to look at the idea of change and not trying to change what is and not trying to change other people, but actually trying to get deeper into what we can and can't accept and who we are and how do we stay in our power. Exactly. And interestingly enough, a quote came into my mind Mm. from our pod favorite, Viktor Frankl, who says, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves, which I think is exactly what you are saying. You have the power to choose, stay in the situation and figure out how to make it work for you or leave the situation but knowing that oftentimes it's not about how we change somebody or something else it's it's what we can do in our own inner world to make it okay and both are both are equally incredibly powerful is really what I want to say when you were saying that Michelle it is very powerful to say wow this situation um, I'm complaining about it I'm not necessarily liking it. Um, let's see if I speak up about it. Can I? Is it necessary? Like going through that, all the motions of that, and then coming to the decision that I'm going to accept it is powerful. And because when we say we're going to accept something, we're not saying it. Oh, okay, I'll just put up with it. Poor me, because then you're a victim. Yeah. Um, or the pity. We're in a pity party situation. No, when you actually can go through that, the motions and the exercise of the feelings and and the self-analysis of all that, and come to the conclusion, you know what, I can accept this. That is powerful. Or you go the other route, I go through the, the, the whole feelings, and I go through the, um, the exercise of it is, and I come in, you know what, I don't know that this is the way that I want to live my life for the rest of life. What are some of the changes that I need to make? Mm-hmm. What are some of the ways that I need to speak up? And that's why I love that idea that um, it's, it's truly the definition of insanity, Um, trying to stick with something and trying to think that we can change other people without doing the work that we need to do for ourselves as to what it is, uh, as to what, what it is that we actually need. 
Well, and the truth is too, nobody wants to feel like somebody else's pet project. Like no one wants to feel like, I mean, even, you know, throughout periods of my life as your daughter, when, especially when I was younger, feeling like you maybe didn't approve of certain things or didn't like certain things about my life, feeling like you wanted to change me or mold me. Nobody likes that feeling of someone else trying to push them in a, in a direction. So you can just see how that dynamic within any sort of relationship is problematic and just doesn't really work because people don't like to feel that way. Well, who wants to feel like they need to be fixed? And we're not. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the exactly, Michelle. I mean, I think when people get defensive and the gate goes up and you can't even penetrate that gate, you can't even, you can't even have, as you were saying, a good conversation or good communication because if you start to act like someone needs to be fixed or you have to be the one to come in and save them and be the savior and fix them. That's a hard thing to talk about a pill to swallow. That's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> so no one wants to feel like they need to be fixed and that there's something wrong with them. Um, so I think you can't come from it from that angle. And I think you're exactly right. It's really important to um, understand the situation and figure out the situation and what you need and not coming in like you're going to be the savior and fix the person. When you think of dynamics within relationships, you always want to feel like you're on equal footing and equal balance of power with other people, whether it's romantic relationship or friendship or family. And when you get into that state of feeling like you have to come in and fix someone or try and make someone aware of, of where they're doing wrong, it's like you're, you're um, creating an imbalance in the relationship. And I think that breeds for a lot of um, resentment and anger and underlying unsettled unhappiness from, from both sides. Because like you said, no, when you get that sense that you have to come in and save someone, first of all, who gave you that role to be anyone's quote unquote savior, but also no one likes to feel like they need saving from somebody else, and especially it, if it's not even something that's been, you know, discussed in a way that's, again, in that equal, balanced dynamic. And I think the most powerful message in all that we're saying today is that use your energy and your time and your your precious resources to speak up, speak out, and do the things that matter most to you instead of, so I think it's the idea. I love this idea, and I know I, I really live this way. It's been kind of a motto of mine that when we can just let others be, especially if they're very, very different from us or we don't really, quote, approve or, or agree with, with their, their values or the way they live their lives, that we can just, you know, wish them well and keep on moving and use our energy and our, and our work and our efforts and our resources to what it is that we value and what it is that we believe, we actually have the, I believe, we actually have the chance, not only of transforming ourselves, but we actually have the chance of making a difference. We actually have a chance of being that change that we want to see in the world. But that only comes from us doing our own work. And instead of not having the attitude that we need to change others, we really give all of our effort and all of our attention and all of our energy into the the thing or the the ideal that it is that we want to see the kind of life or the kind of world that we want to live in. So 
I think we have to give other people the chance to transform themselves by themselves because we can transform ourselves and we can transform ultimately one person at a time by doing our own work and doing the work ourselves without passing judgment or having any energy going toward, you know, they're the problem or what's the matter with them. Well, I do think there's a lot of power and meaning in allowing people to experience life in their own timelines and not stunting their growth in a sense of pushing them in a direction that maybe isn't for them or isn't in that right time. Um, Letting people experience things, have their own consequences, have their own, you know, ups and downs, I think is a really important part of life. But also I was thinking too, trying to, you know, I guess this is the weird way my mind works, but thinking about, of course, this aspect of, of wanting to change people, but then thinking about, well, why do we even get into that or feel like, like, why do people spend so much time trying to change? Why do, why did I spend so much time trying to change people that I was in relationships with? You know, what is that feeling, you know, we always talk about tapping into your feelings, but that feeling underneath all of this like frenetic energy at the surface of, I need to change all of this because I'm trying to avoid something down below. And oftentimes I think what comes up for me at least was that fear of like the unknown, you know, I can spend so much time trying to change this person because I don't want to make a change in the relationship because who knows what would happen if I let it go. So I can, you know, even make myself miserable spending so much time strategizing, trying to to perfect, quote unquote, this person, rather than seeing that there might be somebody else out there who already is in a state that I I can be fully accepting and loving and open with as they are. Um, and knowing that oftentimes letting go of people and relationships really requires a lot of inner strength and self-reliance for those periods of time when you're so used to having someone and then not having them. There's that space. And I think there's a lot of fear that comes up for people of having that empty space. And so we, we settle. I remember after getting out of a lot of my relationships, I, I kind of like made a promise to myself that I would never settle for people and circumstances that didn't, you know, make me feel how I wanted to feel. But we end up settling because of that fear and because we'd rather spin our wheels to change someone than go through that empty space or that loss or those uncomfortable feelings of really having to be with ourselves in the process of finding new people. And the fear of the unknown. I mean, that of is course. that is a real um, a real fear that, that we experience as human beings. But just then really realizing that um, it could be hard to accept that the people that we love and feel the closest to may not have the same dreams or may not have the same goals or may not have the same ideals that we do. It's really hard. We, we want that closeness or that togetherness. We want people, the people that we love or the people that we feel close enough to and all the things we want them to like almost what be in agreement with us or kind of have solidarity with us. I mean, it's just a natural thing. And I think the moment we start to realize that this is a natural part of life and that all of it's valid, like our dreams, our goals, our ideals for our lives. And so if we can start accepting people's differences, I think, and I think that's where I go. I don't, excuse me. I don't, um, I don't have to, 
be in alignment with it and I don't have to agree with it and I can speak up and I can speak out and I, I can try to advocate for for the things that I want to see happening in the world today or in my communities or even in my families. But we have to accept that people are different and, and that people's differences from us and recognizing that um, these are their choices, even though they're different from our own. And I think what's helped me a lot as well in this whole idea is trying trying not to... Um, like trying to look at things as as not that there's something wrong with with the person or the ideal, but that I want to put the energy into trying to change myself and in an effort to try to make things better. Um, so it's an interesting way to look at it and trying to appreciate where I am in this moment and appreciate what I have in this moment and allowing other people to be who they are and appreciating life just the way that it is. It's not easy. Um, but it's very freeing, as um, Maya Angelou, I think, says this really well. First of all, you know, when people show you who they are, believe them. You know, don't try to change them. Don't wait for 30 more episodes of the same, you know, way that they show up. And then just be accepting them for who they are. But you don't have to change yourself and be what they are. And I think that has helped me immensely in my life. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with me, and I think having the idea, okay, even if I don't like what other people are doing or anything, I don't have to judge them by saying there's something wrong with them. I can put my energies into trying to change some of the some of the actions or some of the, um, if you want to look at it really, not necessarily politically, but some of the laws or some of the systems or some of the things in place, put, put my energies into that and trying to do better there instead of trying to change um, the way people are, what they believe, thinking that I can do that. Totally. And just thinking that, <laughs> that um, you know, where you, where you put your presence and your energy is how you use your power. And in just thinking about what you were just saying, and it's like so often when we're in that energy and that mindset of fixing people or changing people or trying to force people to be a certain way, it's like you're putting your energy and your power towards, you know, something, something that's wrong rather than trying to build up something else, you know, that's, that's already, you know, there's that quote, like, don't spend your energy on what you hate, but what you love paraphrasing, but Mm -hmm. it's like, really starting to remember, you know, where your energy is and where you're putting your presence and how you're spending your time and effort. And, you know, is it really helpful and meaningful to, to spend so much energy trying to change people? And I mean, I, I personally don't think that it is. Well, cause we can't. And so I really believe real change happens when we just stay in alignment with ourselves, doing the work that we feel strongly about. Um, and I think that organically and naturally the transformations can start to happen when we are constantly using our energy toward places and actions that that we actually do have some control and some power over instead of trying to do something that we can't and that is to me the definition of of madness or the definition of insanity so I like to put my efforts into trying to Trying to be the change, as Gandhi has says, trying to be the change that I want to see. So in my actions, in my words, in my behaviors, in in the way that I live my life, um, 
I know that people ask me all the time, oh, Michelle, your, do- or your daughter Michelle mm-hmm. must have really taken to meditation right away since you were meditating even before she was born and she must have just loved it and everything. And I, I said, no, I actually never taught you to meditate when you were little. Um, but I think now that you're an adult, you love meditation and you meditate because you watched how it affected me and my life and my behaviors or my actions or my moods or my energy. And so I think we, we actually, when we can become the love or the, the acceptance or the beauty that we so want in our own lives and that is actually present here in the moment, when we can pay attention to it and become aware of it, um, I believe that that ultimately is the way that we actually start to see, um, you know, things change uh, for the better for all humanity and not just for a select few. Yeah, I think there's a lot of power and purpose in being a model of of what you would like to see, like being the change that you wish to see, like being, you know, the parent that you were and and modeling behaviors and practices for me and not forcing. Um, you know, there's a different energy between forcing and showing and being that model. And I think people can take in whatever message you're trying to give them when you show them when you're that example and you're not trying to force it down their throats or push them in the direction that they're not ready to go in. Yeah. And, you know, it's a subtle energy. That's kind of why I started this episode with the caveat that this is a layered conversation with a lot of different you know aspects to it that are complicated but ultimately I think we all want to firstly feel solid and happy and content within ourselves but then we also want to secondly feel loved and accepted and valued by the people around us and our personal relationships and then ultimately taking it a step further going into our community and feeling like we matter and the people around us matter and that there's an alignment and synergy there between us all and I think that those things kind of all start to come together when we kind of drill down like we always talk about from starting from the inside and emulating that outwards um and not forcing, but showing. Yeah. Um, and communicating, like we've talked about, you know, and setting boundaries and areas that maybe are not, you know, that square peg round hole situation. And then again, ultimately knowing when it's time to step away or make a change or, you know, create a hard line for something or someone. Beautiful. I think um, <laughs> as I wrap up, oh, my, my little tangible takeaways <laughs> was I. I think I would like to leave every from from my part of this. I'd like to leave everyone with this quote. Um, I love it so much, and I use it so much, and I actually have it written um, in my house. Um, if it's peace you want, seek to change yourself, not other people. It is easier to protect your feet with slippers than to carpet the whole of the earth. 
And so Anthony DeMello said that beautiful uh, quote. Um, he was a Jesuit priest and a psychotherapist who spent most of his life in India. And so what I love so much, I mean, I love so many things about this, but what I love to do is most of you probably know by now with quotes, I love to see how I like to digest them and, and actually rearrange them a little bit. So when I hear something like, if it's peace you want, I always ask myself if it's peace, if it's happiness, if it's um, wanting, for me, it's wanting humans to all get along in some sort of um, synergy and energy where all you know, beings are being served and held up and acknowledged. So if it's, if it's that that I'm seeking, if I'm truly trying to find that sense of equanimity and harmony and happiness and, and the power that everyone feels empowered to live the life that they came here to live, then I have to look at myself. It, it, I will be wasting my entire life if I try to change other people or if I try to think everything out there has to change in order for me to have this sense of equanimity, harmony, uh, peace, power. So, and then I just, he's so funny. I love that. Easy to put on slippers, <laughs> you know, because no, we're, because we're suffering. Sure. I mean, if we're trying to change other people, we are going to suffer. We are going to be aggravated and agitated and stressed and all of the things. So, um, put on, I put on my slippers instead of trying to carp, yeah, instead of trying to carpet the whole of earth. So, I love that. And also just remembering that we don't need to like put our lives on hold for some sort of idealized version of people and of life in the future. Um, rather than living for like who you are right now and what your life circumstances are right now and what you can do right now in this moment. You know, every moment is fleeting. Every chapter of our life, you know, things always change. And so just really starting to like make this present moment precious of like, what can I do with these set of circumstances right now while I have them rather than kind of missing it by leaping to some sort of future ideal and, um, and living outside of the present. I don't know. It's a nice conversation. <laughs> no, thank you for uh, allowing yourself to be open to this this awareness while you're on vacation. I've loved uh, this conversation no days with off. you, Michelle. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. I think it's interesting, and I'd love to hear, um, we'd love to hear what you all think about this conversation, and if there's there's more more to be discussed, we can obviously do another episode about it, but I'm I'm just curious to hear what you all think and and how you all digest this concept and, and if it's come up for you and, and where you think maybe you can release that knee-jerk reaction of, of always wanting to change people because I do think baseline, so much of our energy will come back to us when we release that habit and that pattern, if nothing else. Yeah, I just, I'll add one more thing too. I, I mentioned that Anthony DeMello was a, um, did most of his work in India because for me it was really powerful to read about his life story after having seen this quote. And you think in India, people are suffering a great deal and they were suffering a great deal way back then and you know there are certain parts. So I, it, what it did for me as well was if there's any part of your life out there, if you're listening to this, this episode where you're, where you're feeling some suffering, um, maybe sit for just a second in silence with yourself and see what is, what is something that I can do for myself to relieve some of that suffering for myself? What is one small little act that I can do? What is 
by putting those slippers on your feet and instead of being external and wishing that the external world could change, and in many situations we would love for it to change uh, for all of humanity's sake, but what is one little small thing that maybe you could do today that could help you relieve your own suffering to start giving you a sense of power and control over your own life? Yep. I think would be really, really helpful, and I think that was what um, Anthony DeMello was trying to help us see, that we always have the power to do at least one little baby step to help relieve our own situations and our own suffering. You have the power to put the slippers on your feet. Yes. I love that. That's a, a great visual to leave on. Um, but of course, you know, let us know what came up for you and continue the conversation. As always, the easiest way to stay in touch with us is through social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at Barb Knows Best Pod. You can let us know your thoughts, your feelings, your concerns, and your podcast topic requests. That's the best way. Um, so yeah, please make sure you stay in touch. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google. Um, that's how you can stay up to date on every new episode. And of course, make sure if you haven't yet to give us a five-star rating, leave us fabulous little review that puts a big old smile on our faces and we always need more smiles in life and we read everyone and we do um is that all of my spiel i think so but as always thank you so much for listening to the podcast for being such a beautiful part of this community for all of the support we you know we were on vacation together and we we talk a lot about how much we love doing this podcast and how much this time in this space and this format means to us so thank you for being part of it we're so so grateful and we will talk to you all next week because as we know barb knows best bye Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.